0: Let's just be real, Najee Harris ain't going past the first round. Someone's going to jump up and grab him. Mm, I, I disagree with
1: that. I, I disagree with
0: that. I don't. Rise Up Rise Up! Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode Let's have a balling show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. In the house, we got Mr. Todd Brooks. How are you doing tonight, man? Well, Stan,
1: I'm sick. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm here. I want to dissect some Falcons. I'm feeling good that the season's over. I feel like we've put the season to bed. Let it rest in peace, and let's draft a good... Uh, team in the off season and let's get back to business in the fall that's what i'm saying right now
0: yeah faux show sure. and i hope you get to feeling better I mean, on a serious note but uh and i'm glad you're able to remote with me and uh at a safe and all that stuff and i hope your family's okay and, and, and uh getting better but yes the Fal- the falcons played the tampa bay buccaneers this sunday and it gave us it gave us some, some finality gave us some closure to the season and uh just uh, we could go over the game a little bit but there's nothing there man listen the final score was 44 27 nice background by the way todd that that, the the final score is 44 27 uh not and i you know not a close game and the 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 Buccaneers came out and looked like a playoff team that we thought that they were. And the Falcons, uh, you know, still scored 27 points. So, uh, I don't know. We got what we wanted out of it. The Falcons, at least, here's the deal. At least it wasn't a blatant, obvious, in-game tactical decision to tank. Uh, I Just like the, or in, uh, I guess, the opposite of the Eagles, Philadelphia, yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> that, that was they had a chance to march that thing down and kick a field goal, if I'm not mistaken, to tie it. And um, they put in a third stringer that you've never heard of, and Jalen Hurts is over there, like, so can I play? Like what? So and everybody, everybody, this turned into the Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. incident. This turned into like a big deal throughout the league of other you know the new york giants head coach uh matt rule no that new york giants coach the new
1: the new york giants new head coach is uh joe judge
0: joe judge he came out and said yeah. they disrespected the nfl even some of the players have spoken up and and you know peterson is not exactly in the you know the comfortable seat up there in philadelphia it's a harsh environment but anyway that's at least, what I'm saying is, at least the Falcons didn't have to to lay down a fake an injury to their starting quarterback to get a get a better draft pick. So, uh, yeah, that happened. I don't really want to dissect anything, but um, Calvin Ridley had a go
1: ahead. Well, well, I, I wanted to say, uh, you know, your boy Brian Hill, he had a good game, he had a long run,
0: had a long he ended run, up with 90,
1: 94 yards. I mean,
0: yeah, okay. and that, and he he surpassed his. Season total in one play. His his previous season total was like, or season season high game was like, so saw like fifty fifty yards, and he got sixty two in one in one play. So, there you go. You you know, I know how to pick them, Todd. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> we need to pick better. We need to pick better we, in the we, off season, though.
0: You are absolutely right. So, speaking of offseason season, um, we could just move on to the off season. Yeah, why not? Let's
1: put this in the bed. We, we break. Put the foul season. in the
0: Listen, bed. so w- Matt Ryan still had a statistically like top five in passing yards. Like we could just agree with that. Like he was top four in passing yards. I don't know his his touchdowns weren't that high, but I mean Matt Ryan did not have a bad season statistically, uh, but he didn't have a great season. No,
1: but some of it is just sitting there watching games. So I mean, there's still the drives where Matt Ryan went three and out, or the Falcons offense went three and out. And that happened a lot in very key situations and games throughout the season. I think most obvious was probably the the Bears. It happened against the Cowboys. Those two games really stand out to me, Um, all the three and outs. And, and, And ultimately, that just destroys production. And that may not show up on the stat sheet quite as much when you're looking at all the matchups and you're looking at total yards, but obviously the three and outs were a big problem all year long.
0: For sure. And that's, I think sacks too, kind of all played out and I don't know if there's a stat for this or it's quantified or what have you, but he just, this year in particular, Matt Ryan held the ball way too long and just would not throw it in the stands. He just like lived to fight another day, just throw it into the stands. So, um, you know he's trying to make a play playmaker some might say that type of quarterback would be a gunslinger but if it's Matt Ryan you know he's he's a terrible quarterback and we need to draft his replacement so um yeah Todd Todd Gurley man do you think he's coming back for another season what do you think
1: I mean, my early lean would be no, but I hope he comes back because uh, I still like his red zone production, and I think he would be a good leader at least to have out there to tutor a younger running back that we could draft. I don't think it's a good idea to sit on what we currently have without bringing something somebody else in. Though. I think we definitely need to draft a running back in at least the second round.
0: Oh, you're going high, going second round. I'm like, I'm, I'm, go- I'm still, I- I'm still waiting.
1: I would go high just because I would say that ETN would probably be off the board after the second round. And that's kind of the guy I, I focused on was Travis ETN. Um, so I, I think a second round pick there would be good for the Falcons. I know they have other needs too, but I think they probably need to get the best players available for round two, round one and round two.
0: Okay. So we let's transition out of that game into the draft talk. We'll just do a little bit of draft talk because um, I know we've, it's a long way away. A lot of things are going to change, but the draft tour has been set with uh, week 17 in the books. It is number one, Jacksonville, number two, New York jets, number three, the dolphins via the Texans. Number are four, the Falcons, the Falcons. And, number, and number five is Cincinnati. Correct. I yes. believe so. Yes. Yeah, Cincinnati. So that's the top five. So there's a lot of things that could go, on in the first three picks. So um just at first we're not gonna be a mock draft right here, but who in your guts, what do you think the first three picks are?
1: Well oh, the first pick's going to be Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I the second round's gonna the second pick's gonna be interesting though, because I don't know what the Jets are gonna do. I have no idea. Um part of me believes that they're gonna just be dumb and just go with Sam Darnold again. Part of me believes they may just fall in love with a different quarterback other than Justin Fields, and part of me just believes that they're going to draft Justin Fields. So, I don't know. I'm kind of splitting it into three. So, I really don't know what's going to happen with that pick. I mean, I I think definitely Miami, they have two back there. They're not going quarterback. Um, I could see them going defense.
0: So, the general manager just, I think, tonight. People kept asking the general manager for the Dolphins. He, I think he said tonight that, hey, Tua's our guy. Everybody chill out. So he's officially said Tua is our quarterback of the future. So uh, that kind of more solidifies that they're not going, they're not seeking quarterback there. They'll probably get that tackle or offensive lineman from Oregon.
1: Right yeah and and i I don't want us to do that either i think we probably need to go with some sort of skill position and, or defensive lineman in the first round i wouldn't go with o-line
0: yeah so this uh, the jets are the wild card in this thing man yes they're the wild card so basically what's going to happen is this and who dude what if the jets just go crazy and like like you said just be dumb and pick someone completely like off of nobody's radar but um the falcons are going to have a chance to have a top three quarterback in this draft class and um do you pull the trigger on any quarterback other than justin fields i think we've gone over this a hundred times but you still feel you feeling sturdy on the answer is no
1: you go best player available if justin fields is there you have to take him. you have to take him. But if it's if it's not Justin Fields, you go best player available.
0: Hmm. Okay, and I've I definitely uh, I've I've watched too many uh, highlights and read too many articles, and I I'm going I'm going Zach Wilson BYU uh, at that position, and we can yeah I I think that being a top five pick won't happen again for a while, and that's where you can get a difference maker at that position. So. We'll see. i've Obviously, okay. there's there's been other position players or other other draft positions making a difference. It's like you know, obviously Tom Brady and Russell Wilson have been. Even uh, Dak Prescott was picked really low, but um, yeah, I don't, I you know, yeah, for sure.
1: That's why those Dan Mullen uh, uh, the tutored players. So. Yeah, that was, that was a surprise. Everybody really thought he was going to do a lot. But no, I, I really feel like, I mean, Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. I, I I agree with you there. I just don't think I would pull the trigger on him in the first round. In fact, I saw like a scenario the other day, and I mean, it sounds kind of ridiculous here, but uh, would you potentially do Alabama part three at wide receiver?
0: <laughs> no.
1: Devontae mm-hmm. Smith, <laughs>
0: and he just, uh, yeah, he just won the Heisman. Yeah. I- <laughs> dude, if they go top flight wide receiver and they go Devontae Smith over chase, I don't know. I mean, but Devontae Smith has
1: played, you know, Chase has been sitting on a bench. I mean, he, he's just been sitting there, you know, not, he didn't play during COVID. He just went ahead and opted out. I mean, how good are his and stuff? I think, you know, I think he needs a good combine in order to be able to to stay in the hunt. Cause I mean, how do you know if he gets out there and it's 40 times drop, then you know, Devontae Smith's fresh in every general manager's mind, and I, I honestly think the forty. I think the NFL Combine's overrated anyway. I, I, I really agree. think that you you lose way too much. Like what I've seen on the field in college is what I focus on. I think you know you can go out there and do anything while you exercise over the weekend. You know you might have some good numbers, but good football is good football to me. I mean, right. it doesn't your forty time is only a minor component? I mean, it's a, it's a major component, but it's it's just one component of many. Right. To judge a player with
0: and, you know and you know with this you could run we've seen tons of players run a bad 40 and run a good 40 but they just don't translate and or they don't play at that speed it don't matter if you could muster up like you said you're working out all weekend getting limbered up getting getting stretched out and you're doing the olympic style running and if you don't play 4-4 then what's the point yeah so i mean we've had we've had people run slow and run fast and it just not work out. So yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, tape don't lie. See tendencies and you see position and technique and um and then there are some players that don't have any measurables. I mean, Richard Smith, or Richard Sherman was not the fastest, the tallest or the most agile. I mean, he's still a pro bowl, you can't take it away from me. He's a pro bowl corner, maybe not now, but you know, but he was when he was with Seattle. he was when he was with Seattle. He got into the right system and he was smart and he had the intangibles always being in the right place. It's like how do you quantify always being in the right place? So um yeah, I I agree. And uh yeah, that's gonna be an interesting battle to see what wide receiver goes first, Chase and if he has a good combine and that kind of thing. So um so in this I would go I would go one of the quarterbacks and then in the second round I would go um, I probably wouldn't go running back in the second round. I'd probably go defense at that point. Would you be mad? Would you be mad if they they went corner in that position? Yes, Sertan, I think is the the highly rated corner out of Alabama.
1: Yeah, I I would I wouldn't go corner again. We don't need any more corners right now. The way the corners are going to improve. I mean, I know that they've had mediocre numbers all year, but the problem is any secondary that's got issues with the rest of the team not having a pass rush is going to have issues how good your players are there and so I don't think we really know how good or bad our secondary they appear bad on the surface but then when you look at the fact that the Falcons haven't really produced any kind of pass rush all year uh, except for in a couple games and our corners play really good in the games that we could get a pass rush in so Hmm. I think the jury's still out on them I wouldn't draft any more corners um, right now I would definitely try to get a pass rush going. That's what we need to do, and you're not going to get that done by drafting another corner.
0: All right, so we can't have a draft without a general manager and a head coach. So right that the off season is officially upon us, and Arthur Blank has addressed the media. Did you watch any of the uh, the, the press conference, the autopsy? I mean the uh, the postseason press conference. Um, I did not. So he basically came out and said, there was a couple nuggets. He said, well, we all thought, and there's a lot of coach speaking there, but um, they said they wanted to hire a GM and a head coach by the Super Bowl. And um, uh, he said out loud (laughs) that the defense and the running game are still a huge problem. And the general manager will decide what to do with Matt and Julio. It'll be in their hands. So um, we will see about that. We've heard that before. Um, I hope, you know, I, I hope it's that way and let the general manager do what the general manager does. General manager does. They had two names added to the list of general managers. They've interviewed this weekend or this week. They interviewed Brad Holmes, director of scouting for the LA Rams. And then they've interviewed Morocco Brown, director of college scouting for the Indianapolis Colts. So that, To my estimation, I've combed through the interwebs and um, come up with 10 10 different confirmed interviews for the the Falcons general manager job. So the Falcons are, it looks like, they're doing their due diligence. And I don't know if I would – I'm excited to see who they pull the trigger on because I think it's going to be sooner later, because there's already been some breaking news tonight. Breaking news tonight that um the the Texans have hired uh Cossierio from uh the the Patriots organization, the Patriots executive.
1: And you know what else I think that means? I think that means you're gonna see Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the Houston Texans. That's to me, that's what that means.
0: So if that's the case, that's one less job for Eric Bieniemy slash Joe Brady to you know Mm -hmm. in the in the pool and i think uh dude did you hear about jacksonville's alleged uh coaching i don't even know what do you call this how do you they want urban meyer bad
1: yeah and and we talked last week and i said that i figured that the falcons probably weren't one of the teams that had contacted urban meyer i told you i thought it was probably the houston texans and the jacksonville jaguars was the other team that i thought so apparently Jacksonville is one of the teams, and I did hear all about this, and Urban Meyer wants $12 million a year to coach the team. If I were an NFL team, I would throw out $12 million for Urban Meyer to come coach my team. But um, Jacksonville is a very attractive opening because I've got a ton of cap space. They got Trevor Lawrence coming in and so everyone pick, assuming that he does follow through and go out in the NFL draft. I mean, he was still smiling the other night after a loss, so I, I think he's gone um i mean i I saw him on the sidelines he was just sitting there smiling you know i'm yeah i'm like wow he should be disappointed he probably just needs to go if he's sitting there smiling on the sideline while they were getting whooped by ohio state and justin fields
0: okay let's talk about that real quick does that change any anything in the draft
1: it doesn't change the number one pick it's still gonna be trevor lawrence but if you know if you saw justin fields after that if you're the jets and you're stuck with Sam Darnold at quarterback, how do you not take Justin Fields in that situation and just unless, it, unless it's just going to be totally problematic and Justin Fields doesn't want to go there. He wants to make an Eli Manning out of the situation. Um, how do you not take him? Because Justin Fields looked amazing. He was just making all these hard throws. He, he looked zoned in. Probably the best game I've seen him have in his entire career. I was just sitting there jealous the whole time. I was like, man, so we let this dude get away for Jake Fromm. And yeah. it's not really fair because Jake Fromm was a good quarterback too. But, and I think Kirby made the best decision. Kirby Smart made the best decision that he could at the time. But I think we missed out on an elite player that could have been a difference maker for, yeah, for Georgia.
0: I, totally. And probably with a couple I, crap grips. So, um,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm totally Yeah. And he admit. got hit and he was still able to make tremendous throws. Up, he threw a touchdown pass and stuff. Yeah. Lasers. He got hit hard. I mean, but so that guy's a warrior. I mean, that's the kind of guy I want to play in my organization.
0: I totally agree, and uh, I think that really showed uh, everybody that you know, and it was the big bad Clemson, that kind of thing. So it really helped his draft stock. I don't think it changed Trevor Lawrence's draft stock. If 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 Jacksonville was even like watching the game, and saying, you know what, this other guy's pretty good. I dude, Jacksonville, what are y'all doing? Do not mess this up, Jack. Well, I mean, you can mess it up if you want to, but it's this is low-hanging fruit you gotta you gotta go Trevor Lawrence there um
1: but if you're the Jets what do you do because like I can see them really screwing it up I can see them not taking Justin Fields with that second pick And, and, and so much can happen between now and the draft anyway and I think I've seen it happen many times now where you think in December you know who the second pick's gonna be but then you go through the combines and You go through these college days on their campuses and stuff where the NFL scouts will come out, and then the whole dynamic changes, and then some other quarterback that you ain't heard of may emerge, and he's going to be the number two pick. You're just like, what? What are they thinking?
0: This happened several years, and I can't think of any examples, but you're like, wait, this guy? Oh, the year Baker Mayfield went number one overall. I was like. Well, no, I thought that was a good decision, though, because you have to remember that draft.
1: Who was coming out, okay, and who's worked out in the draft. You tell me. That was a draft that Sam Darnold came out in, Becker Mayfield came out in it, and Josh Allen came out. Not Josh Allen, but well, Josh Allen did come out of that draft, too. So he's the best quarterback in that draft so far. Right. But uh, who was the other guy from UCLA, the one who – Oh, Josh, know, who Rosen. Played right Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. And so, yeah, all those guys, I think, were first-round picks. And uh, two of them, I think, have worked out pretty well. Yeah, Becker Mayfield ended up being the number one pick. Cleveland, I mean, he's played well for Cleveland. He's not like – I don't think he's, you know, that – difference maker that's going to lead you to the super bowl but he's a good quarterback he's a good quarterback. josh allen looks like a difference maker and then you've got um josh rosen he's basically even with a franchise anymore is he on somebody's like three deep
0: chart he's uh he got picked up by i think the cowboys i think he got picked up because he was on he was on tampa bay's practice squad Uh, and he got so that's a pitiful like that's that's terrible man like you know like that's I don't know what happened there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and Sam
1: Darnold, I mean, I never was really impressed with him in college. He always, to me, had a very weird throwing motion, and um, I don't know. I mean, I I just I thought that was – I could. have a hard time seeing the Jets wanting to hang on to him. He's been trying to make a pitch, though. He's been all out in the media. I could be the quarterback of the future for the Jets. I really want to be here for the Jets. Uh, I want to back up the Jets.
0: Uh, Yeah, what a crazy franchise. So, hey, how, in your mind, how, how, when do we hear something about a general manager? And who do we hear about first? Do we hear about the head coach first or do we hear about the general manager first?
1: I think they're closer on the general manager right now because so many of the coaches are still sitting out there in the playoffs. Now, there's obviously some coaches with availability now, and I think that could change. I mean, you, you've heard the stories. They're going to interview Joe Brady. Um, Joe Brady's obviously available now because the Carolina Panthers season is over. Eric Benimini, they've interviewed him but they can't announce his hiring until after his team is eliminated from the playoffs. so if right. the kansas city chiefs go all the way to the super bowl arab anemone is probably going to be the guy you won't hear about it officially but you'll hear reports um in other media about it before that
0: time and also um, right, another head coach that you've been that i think they have already interviewed or is coming up it doesn't matter i mean it's it's on the horizon that um uh, Salah out of uh 49ers the defensive pick or the defensive coordinator
1: yeah, they've already interviewed him. Now the names I heard at first were all defensive minds. And and you you sent me some of these um through text message. And I was a little bit disappointed. And then I I don't know if you heard Rich McKay's statement or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: well this is new to you, so I'll I'll paint you a picture here.
0: Okay, hit me. So
1: basically Rich McKay came out and he was asked why are you guys looking at defensive guys instead of offensive guys? He said he doesn't want to crap himself in any kind of box like that because he messed up so bad with the Bobby Petrino hire and, and said he doesn't want to um, get boxed into just hiring an offensive guy. But then like this person who was writing this media report, he was like, well, so this is obviously, and we've talked about this on the show before. This is where the NFL is moving towards so the offense wins championships. Now it's no longer defense wins championships. That was still true five, six years ago, but now it's offense, especially over the last three years, offense wins championships now. So i I yeah, my mind and i had actually forgot about Bobby Petrino being an offensive guy. I, you know, we talked about it so many times, but I was looking back at the last three hires. You know, we were talking about, uh, we didn't include Bobby Petrino in there. We included, um, Jim Mora and we included Mike Smith yeah. and we included uh, Dan Quint, Quinn, obviously, yeah. but you know, those were the guys with 10 years. They were all defensive minds. Bobby Petrino was only here for what? 11, 12 games.
0: Yeah. So I, I, then he wrote a sticky note for everybody. I, I, yeah that's okay um so what was so he said that he didn't want to put himself in a box because it doesn't matter what their background is
1: yeah that's that's pretty much what he said and and I was like well I mean you're gonna just the thing I was thinking about at that time because the only names I'd heard about the time for coach were Raheem Morris he had his interview the other day supposedly went real good he said it was fair um, and then we had heard about Robert Salah. And so those are the first two names that came out. And I was like, okay, those are defensive guys. I said, if we're gonna hire one of those guys the choices between two, I'd rather just hire Raheem Morris and keep him here. Cause at least he's been on both sides of the ball. Really? Yeah, Robert Salah is a defensive guy. Yeah, I would rather uh keep Raheem Morris than Robert Salah. But then, of course, then the reports came out that Eric Benemini had interviewed. He's obviously high on my list. And then, of course, yesterday it came out that um Joe Brady had been requested for interview. I think uh at the time Houston had even requested an interview with him too, but obviously that's dead in the water now because they made their Yeah Well no, they haven't hired a coach, but so I yeah, think they Josh hired McDaniels Daniels. is going yeah, but I think Josh McDaniels is going there if if because I always thought those two were a package deal. anyway. Like. Yeah. So you know you have that and um I you know Joe Brady's obviously the guy that's top of my radar, but some people think he's too young for the position, isn't quite ready yet. But I I would take the chance on Joe Brady right now yeah Still so, guy.
0: so if if um, so there's some like interesting names that if if Salah does in fact get the head coach he could poach some of the Niners coaching staff to come over like uh like Matt LaFleur and uh some other like as OC and there's some other like names that have been there are interesting names that could, so I'm liking more and more if I think about Salah being like a culture change, if we were going to pick Raheem, what I'm saying is, if we're going to pick Raheem or Salah, which I think we have more options than that, I would pick. Yeah, we Salah. do. Yes, I would pick Salah, but um,
1: yeah. Okay, we did for a little bit in opinion there, but let's kind of break down Raheem Morris and what he means to the Atlanta Falcons, um, because my opinion all year has been that the Falcons just need a total redo and they need to get rid of their entire coaching staff, You know, if you have to keep Rich McKay, keep him, but he probably needs to go, too. He's been there in the organization too long. We need some fresh faces. But Raheem Morris, yes, he checks the box as far as the Falcons have been playing with more passion through him. The games weren't necessarily, you know, closer or bigger blocks. I mean, you forget, Dan Quinn's teams were being competitive. They were just making dumb decisions yeah um you know the cowboys game you know, blew the the bears game so yeah you know, they were oh and five with dan quinn but they they were competitive mm-hmm. um and so yeah raheem morris won four games but ultimately raheem morris went four and seven in 11 games with the yep. falcons absolutely so he still had a losing record yep i, I wouldn't i would get the channel he does have some very incompetent coaches like Dirk cutter on his staff too so you have to kind of look at it from that angle as well um And I, you know, I still have a hard time getting over the Tampa Bay situation when he was the head coach there, Mm -hmm. but he had two or he was either there two or three seasons and he didn't do well with Tampa Bay as head coach. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything because there was a guy named Bill Belichick who coached the Cleveland Browns and he didn't do well with them either when he was the head coach. I think he won a grand total, of maybe like uh, 13, 14 games in three years. So yeah, nobody would have thought he would have turned into what he turned in either. So, I mean, I I don't want to like condemn him for the time that he spent at Tampa Bay, but I still think it's a telling sign of your success as a head coach.
0: That is a very level-headed and very uh and like very smart take. Um, I've definitely heard that. That's I've, I've that's that's a good, that's a solid answer. And uh, I didn't think about it that way, especially with the uh, Bill Belichick uh, parallels there. But yeah. For sure, I I don't know if he got a raw deal, but uh, it was a little unfortunate. But other teams have taken notice, and I do like several things that Raheem Morris brings to a franchise and brings to an organization. I like he is blunt. I like that. I like, I mean, he called Dante Fowler out by name on the radio station on like a national radio station. He said, "Dante Fowler stinks." He has not played as good as he should have as much money as we pay him. He didn't say that part, but he basically in my own words has said, Dr. Fowler has not been good this year and he's played better because that's the standard he has put on himself and that we put on him and he doesn't, he hasn't been playing up the standard, but it was like naming, like naming actual players out and you know Bruce Arians is, I, I don't know why I just went there, but like Bruce Arians and, and Tom Brady have had a little bit of like, I don't know, friction there but there's that's a superstar deal but like having raheem morse not afraid to call out a player i think that was pretty cool and Dante valor has he's been invisible let's just be real so that's uh that's a i like that i like the uh um uh, i like the bluntness of his media um coverage and yep he's like yep we messed that one up we got to do better so i i don't know it's i i like him as a person he seems like a hard-nosed guy and the defense has looked better. The defense has played better, and he is, yeah. uh, he's been on both sides of the ball. Like you said previously, he's worked with the wide receivers, so uh, and he knows his franchise, too. So, I mean, he knows the players. He knows what he's got. So, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I guess the question you just really have to ask yourself is, do you want somebody that really knows the franchise that well at this point, or do you, uh, you want somebody uh, do you who want to... doesn't know the franchise that's a fresh face? And I, I would lean more toward the fresh face. Ultimately, the Falcons lost their final five games mm-hmm. of that, the season too, and yeah. and they still blew leads. I mean, their defense did play better, but they still blew leads. Right. They blew the first game against Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they at time you know, they played well against Kansas City, but they never really looked like they were going to. I never felt like they were going to win that game. Like it was close throughout and they had a chance, but they just couldn't you know, hit the field goal at the end. There were some things that happened in that game with the interceptions that you should have had and, you know, balls fumbled where they probably shouldn't have been, you know, well, they really picked the outcome of that game too.
0: But what we haven't talked about. So with Dan Quinn, we used to talk about, why did he take a timeout right there? Or why did we substitute the? Yeah. down Like you know what we haven't talked about is he went to halftime with three time- timeouts in his pocket. Like what what happened there? Like what? And then are burning? You know it'll be the first play of the third quarter and challenge a first down. Like so we're not going to save those till the end of the game or, so yeah. The, but I feel like in game decisions were was pretty well. I mean obviously there's one that sticks out in my head was a challenged interception but that like against said, kansas city but yeah that was a yes yeah, who cares yeah so i yeah. don't know that you know
1: it was spur of the moment it was at the end of the game anyway and like you were hoping for something and you right. probably were getting bad advice and i like the, the replay we don't even know if that was even up on the video board of the
0: stadium. right so but yeah so i think in game has been he's been good i just you know i just i don't know i, I i'm in favor of a fresh coach but if we're you know if I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in favor of a new head coach, but we'll see what they want to do. We'll see what direction they want to do. And
1: I'm just not big staying on, on just retreads. Like I think the NFL in general needs to just get away from the whole retread thing and get some fresh faces in the league anyway. I mean, look at the Giants, for instance. So like They did something different last year and got Joe Judge. Joe Judge was going around as a candidate, his alma mater, Mississippi State for a head coaching job. Yeah, and and it even seems like the big thing in the NFL now is you don't even necessarily hire coordinators anymore. You either hire position coaches or you go straight to the college ranks. Now, like it, it's not recycling as much. I think the NFL realized we keep recycling these coaches, and we're not getting better results. So what yeah. we need to do is we need to go and find some fresh
0: faces. Absolutely, and I've I even hear still hearing talks with Marvin Lewis getting traction somewhere. Uh, it's and it was a terrible franchise. I mean, it was oh the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are. I've heard that, you know, they're getting traction for Marvin Lewis. I was like, good luck. Well, them.
1: you know, bad franchises make bad decisions, so um, that's uh, the Jets and the Lions, those two bad franchises. I would not expect them to improve their stock with any of their hires. Um, so the, the Jets, the biggest name I've heard for them would be Arthur Smith as the head coach, and I was actually wrong earlier. The Falcons have contacted him, and it's all uh, something come across my wire that they are going to interview Arthur oh, Smith, the well, there you go. head coaching position, but see I think that would be a mistake for us because I feel like his offense is you know it it would be better than what we have with Dirk Cutter as far as running the ball like it would just be dominated by the run and I don't think that's the way to win in the NFL long term these days like you can probably win for a season doing that but you have to have like a really elite runner I mean Derrick Henry's the best running back in the game right now and we don't have anything like that back there
0: I was gonna say it really helps to have Derrick Henry in the backfield yeah ty- exactly Tyler L- Llewellyn and those hogs up front it really helps to have those guys so um and a somewhat
1: uh, fast quarterback too I mean and right, and they, they have hurt that you. also right yeah. hurt you
0: with the legs and keep it, so you have you're having to think about he's going to throw he's going to run and who's right so yeah for sure it's it, beca- it becomes a monster back there and we don't really have that um so one name that I, it showed me something for the Buckeyes. Uh just a little bit of drafts. It just popped in my head. What did you think of uh, Trey Sermon? Did he improve his uh draft stock? Oh you... he has looked
1: phenomenal the last two games because you know he did the same thing against Northwestern. Like he was awesome in the Big 12 championship the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. And then once he got in the playoffs against Clemson, I mean Justin Fields looked amazing. Trey Sermon looked amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I think and he improved he's... his draft stock. Now I still like ETN.
0: Better than Um, Sermon?
1: Yeah, yeah, I still like ETN, Um, but yeah, that's an option for sure.
0: And let's just be real. Najee Harris ain't going past the first round. Someone's going to jump up and grab
1: him. Mm, I I disagree
0: with that. I I disagree with that. I don't, do because people are going to be sitting there like, do we need a difference maker. And this is going to be like a hate draft. It's going to be like, we're going to grab him so no one else grabs him. Everybody's looking at him, and we're just waiting to get him in the right round, and someone jumps up and grabs him.
1: Well, you can get a a good running back in the second round. I would reach for him in the first round. I mean, I, he's probably going to be a good running back, but, you know, I, I don't feel the same way about him as far as I would feel about other players in the first round and as far as what a team's needs are. You just don't go running back in the first round anymore. I can count on one hand how many running backs have been taken in the first round over the last 10 years or so. The so, first, obviously – You said first round? The first round. The first round. So, Todd Gurley was one. We had – um uh, let me see. We've had uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, he was another one, right? Was he like the third or the fourth pick? Right. That's two. Yep, we had um, Dallas Cowboys running back, his name's escaping me right Ezekiel now. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, he was taking the first round. Um, uh, last year it hey, was a late first round pick, right? Easy, ET, uh, easy, no, uh, no, Edwards, this year,
0: buddy a- Edwards. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, Clyde Edwards is He got taken in the first round, which I thought was kind of surprising because I thought that, yeah, you know, he would probably drop. So that's four.
0: Two dogs, uh, right? Didn't Sonny Michelle? Sonny Michelle went first. I don't round. think,
1: no. Sonny Michelle, did. they get taken in the first round.
0: His last pick of the first uh, round by the Patriots, didn't they?
1: I, did he go in the first
0: round? I don't think so, dude. Uh, check me out. Uh, Let me see. I'll, I'll tell you. Tell me right now. But, yeah so right now it's four and we're racking our brains right now and i'm sure there's- oh
1: you're right he was he was taking the last pick of the first. 2018 yep. nfl play. okay so he was taking well that's kind of okay that's the name i didn't expect to add to my list so, so what's that five five but those are late guys too i mean there aren't many top 10 picks
0: yeah so and wait what didn't nick chubb go in the first round as well i think he was a fourth rounder
1: really yeah, well, I teams did. were concerned with him with the ACL tear. Because you have to remember, that was the year that Becker Mayfield got drafted, and they took uh, they took him with their You're first right. round You're pick. Right. You, I think yeah. Nick Chubb was a fourth rounder. Let me double check that. I
0: don't think it was that late. But, yeah, that, that makes Let sense. Let me see. Yeah. Um, oh, he was drafting the
1: second round, 35th second round. pick overall. So he went right after Sonny Michelle.
0: Yeah. There you go. It's
1: hard for me to remember these uh, drafts, you know, over the years. Like
0: you- I like sometimes I get bored. I'll go look up a draft on Wikipedia and see who's because people just froth over the people just get bananas over this person or that person. Don't give me this guy, give me this guy. And then four year all it takes is like two years. And you go look at Wikipedia and who's doing what and it wouldn't even be any anybody you're arguing about. You know, somebody you've never heard of or whatever. So I, I like going back and like three years removed. Four years removed going back to the twenty sixteen draft, taking a look and see yeah. who, what offensive lineman's highly rated, and who's actually working to...
1: Well, Chubb's had a good career he's been a difference maker in Cleveland. And you know, sure. he could you might actually get more out of him over a ten year period than you can Todd Gurley, you know, because Todd Gurley yeah. started fast, but you know, he hit a hit a Fizzles. crash. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So all right. Um anything else you want to add i got the by the way i do have the score predictions the winner of the score prediction game oh, and you'll have to tu- the winner you well i'm you have to tune in next time uh i
1: thought you were gonna do it today you said I thought do gonna, it this time. We're,
0: well were we uh you
1: promised the fans last time man what what are you doing are you for real right now yeah you i don't care really <laughs> I'm just, oh I'm okay saying, that's
0: what you promised the. <laughs> I was like, man, I, was I was like, like Todd's upset. It's like, all right, so so all right. You, you promised the fans, man. All right, so what did we? Do? I, I jokingly said you're gonna have to buy me bar burritos when I won. So, um, what was what's the wager here? Before I read the numbers,
1: oh, we're gonna do it today. We can do it today. I'm cool. Um, I don't know. I don't ever see you, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> but you, you're gonna see me even less now that you're a little under the weather. So. um you know what i'm gonna save it i'm I'm almost i'm gonna gonna try to get everybody on on the horn uh here soon and i'll uh we'll get it we'll we'll try to get us everybody all back together and then we'll and then we'll do the numbers so it's it'll be it's a surprise too it's a surprise winner um i was was unexpected. Yeah, it was unexpected. So if it's that's a
1: surprise a, winner, hey, when you say surprise winner, I'm assuming it's not me or you. You say yeah. it's a surprise winner. I'm assuming it's somebody who's <laughs> not even on the show regularly. Uh, so
0: yeah, that's a teaser for
1: it's next Lee. time. For, it's, that's, it's Lee. He made what, two shows and he's a winner.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a teaser for next time. Everybody tune in and we'll, uh, <laughs> next episode, we will, we will uh, unveil the illustrious winner. We might even make a belt, but we should do next episode for real. We should um do the same pick 'em for um for the playoffs. We should pick up the pick up the playoffs. So that'd be fun. Just I want to get your I want to get your bracket of what you think uh is going to happen this playoff, and we can kind of do like a March Madness deal.
1: Yeah, sure. Fun. I had to think about that a little bit, but yeah, uh, for sure. That's that's yeah. What I, I guess yeah. yeah. I guess we can um we can do that you know on an interesting note though i don't know why they talked about it a little bit during the fox broadcast the other day at one point the falcons had a total season differential as far as point differential of negative yeah. one <laughs> really it went down yeah yeah it's at uh i think it's negative 11 now wow, with, with the final that's... numbers were it's negative 18 all right so uh, you know do okay, Uh, yeah a few scores late by tampa bay made it negative 18 but they had the they had the second best run uh yeah second best point differential for any team with a losing record this year san francisco had the best at 14 but uh Uh, falcons are minus 18 but everybody else is pretty bad for the most part and the patriots are okay too but yeah everybody else is pretty bad of course then you had the cleveland browns who made the playoffs and they are minus 11. wow
0: see that's that's crazy. Huh. All right, Todd, until next time, I appreciate you getting on tonight. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, Falcons fans, there are there are um, definitely some changes on the horizon. Please stay tuned. We will bring you the goods. We will talk about the new hires, and we will talk about the prospects and the draft coming up. Um, we appreciate you listening. And um, if you enjoyed tonight, if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.